What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bandwagon. I'm Kyla, and with me today and every podcasting day is my co-host, Elias. Hey, hey. It's Thursday afternoon, and week five is here. Week four was a crazy one with a lot more downs than ups, for me at least. More injuries this week. The Cowboys and Broncos both lost, which was a huge bummer. And Vontez Perfect is still being a huge bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into some of that later, but first, we're going to start off today's show, per usual, with recapping our team's week four performances. As we know, Elias and I faced each other, and uh, I think we'll be getting some gloating from Elias. That Maybe. I, <laughs> I definitely deserve it, and I'll take it, so... Take it away. Kyla's dreams were crushed <laughs> in week four, 114 to 112. James Connor on Monday Night Football just needed to get three more points mm-hmm. halfway through the third quarter. He was having a good game. And then he really didn't do much after that. He didn't. It was heartbreaking. I was actually boarding a flight and <laughs> I assumed I was going to lose. I was checking James Connor's score. And then when I turned my phone back on, I realized that somehow I had won. I probably did not deserve this win, <laughs> but I'm now 4-0, and I will take it. I'm blaming uh, Derek off. Well, <laughs> both of us had a couple of guys do nothing. Mine were Odell Beckham. He got three points, two receptions on 20 yards. Very disappointing, especially with how the Browns performed mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yep. And the Colts defense, who I picked up to face the Raiders, really was confident in that, was mm-hmm. really happy about my wire pickup there. <laughs> was really jazzed. Oh, yeah, they only got three points. I didn't realize and that. And they did not do anything. Got one sack and a fumble recovery, but some early touchdowns really killed them. Uh, yeah, they f- just basically forgot how to play football. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, there were a few bright spots on my team. Jackson, 247 yards, three TDs. Wound up with 30 points, even though the Ravens had a disappointing game against the Browns. 66 yards on the ground always helps when Lamar Jackson is just going to run everywhere. And it pretty much kills any points that you lose on picks, which he had two. And then then I got two huge TDs from Mike Evans and Cooper Cup late in the Tampa Bay and Los Angeles game that wound up making (laughs) uh, the the difference for me, especially Uh because Cup and Evans until that point really hadn't done much. Three bench guys I had out, so injuries have affected my team a little bit. Damian Williams, Vance McDonald, and of course Saquon Barkley were all out. Yeah. The biggest kicker of our matchup, however, the bench the benching of Chris Godwin oh, yes. by Kyla. That was um probably rough. <laughs> it was rough. That's what it was. I thought that playing Jameis in week one was a mistake. But Benching Chris Godwin this week was even worse. And I'd like to start off my recap by apologizing to anyone on social media (laughs) that I led away from Chris Godwin. I remember one person in particular asked specifically whether they should play Godwin or Calvin Ridley. And as Elias mentioned already, he was traveling this weekend, so I inherited that question. And I... (laughs) led him to start Ridley because one Ridley's good at home generally and I was sure that the Rams secondary was going to be hard on Tampa Bay's passing game and on top of that he was injured last week they said allegedly 
Yeah. But I was clearly very wrong about that. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> I don't think the apology really needs to go this far. I mean, to begin to begin the week, I had multiple people starting Aguilar for the Eagles. And then Aguilar put up a goose egg, didn't yeah. do anything. The Eagles decided they wanted to run the ball. Well, so. it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, anyway, moving on. As we know... If you listened to the show last week, I started my week off with Aaron Jones, which wasn't a bad flex play for me. He had a decent week. Moving into Sunday, so many things could have turned this week into a win for me. The first one being one, playing Chris Godwin, obviously. And then after that, Jared Goff turned the ball over four times. If I remember correctly, that was more than Jameis turned it over in week one. I think he had three turnovers in that game. Luckily, he did still manage to score higher than he was projected. He still ended up with 26 points, which... Goff. Yeah. Isn't bad, but he should have had eight more points. And then which I definitely... includes when he fumbled at the end of the game and Adamakan Sue shoved him to the ground very <laughs> rudely and then returned the ball for a touchdown. As Adamakan Sue does. When turnovers are embarrassing, luckily in fantasy, it's the same amount as a non-embarrassing turnover. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I should have had eight more points there, which would have won me my game. Uh, Delaney Walker really let me down this week. He only had one catch for four yards, which is embarrassing. It looked pretty bleak for Dalvin for a while, but he never lets me down. He scored a late touchdown, salvaged his day with a respectable 16 points. Friend of the podcast, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Always respectable. Which... I mean, 16 points for Dalvin is low, but it, it, it's respectable. I went into Monday night down 25.4 points with my week, depending on James Conner, who has been shit <laughs> up until now. <laughs> um, yeah, again, if I had played Godwin, I wouldn't have been in this situation because he got 37 points. But... You know, things happen. I needed a Monday night miracle. And you almost got it. I almost got it. I needed 25 and a half points. And James Conner finished the game with 22 and a half half PPR points. So I ended up losing by 2.9 points, which is devastating. <laughs> it's really tough to lose close games like that because all that means is that just one of your receivers needed to catch one more pass yeah. for you know, at least 19 yards and you would have tied. <laughs> yeah. like, but the silver lining being there are two 4-0 teams. You are the only 3-1 and team. Mm -hmm. You're in third in the league. You're in a great spot. Yeah, the, so far. The, the year goes on. It's a marathon. Uh, Dave is the highest scoring team in our league, but he's fourth because he's 2-2. Two and two. He's 2-2, two and two, somehow 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. I, I beat him week one. Yeah, he has the most points in our league by at least 48 points, and I'm third in points scored and second overall in the league. I'm like sixth in points scored, but I'm playing the long game here, so it's going to get better. <laughs> your points against, actually, now that I'm looking at it, your points against <laughs> is the best in the league, only 384. The next lowest, if I can do this quickly, would be 421. <laughs> so you're, you are... Getting super good Lucky. luck in that regard, yes, yeah. I have been. And I have said that each week. I feel like <laughs> I got super lucky. 
But like I said, all my bench players perform pretty well. So I think I'm in a good spot thinking about making a trade for a quarterback this week because everyone in our league is carrying two quarterbacks on their rosters. So the best option out there to pick up is Andy Dalton, and I just can't do it. I don't think I can do it. Well, maybe we can make a deal. <laughs> maybe next time uh, we do the pod, we can talk about a trade. Yeah. Thinking about offering something for Matty Ice that Elias has. Thinking about Philip Rivers. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> so we play again week 13. The rivalry will continue. It's going to end 13. bad for you that time. Well, it was supposed to end bad for me this time as well. <laughs> now that you know, now that we're talking some shit. Oh, Saquon's gonna be back by then too. So, man, I hope <laughs> I need Saquon back. He's gonna just not play again at all this season, probably. That would be terrible. <laughs> uh, to keep going on week four, our winners and losers from week four. Mine, my w- winner is Jordan Howard, the running back for Philadelphia. As I mentioned earlier, the Eagles decided this week that they wanted to run the football. Mm -hmm. They had not been doing that previously. It was Thursday night's game against Green Bay. He had 15 attempts for 87 yards and two touchdowns. He added a touchdown through the air. It was only Howard's second receiving TD of his career. Wow. Which you would think with how long he's been in the league, he would get some more of those. That's surprising. Philly had not run the ball well at all this season. They put a renewed emphasis on it against Green Bay. It paid major dividends they got a road win and maybe you can expect a little more from jordan howard and miles sanders going forward yeah in I philly mean, it was a good game plan so you'd think they'd stick to it yeah yeah my winner of the week maybe no surprise to anyone nick chubb he finished the game with 20 rushes 165 yards and three touchdowns he added another three receptions on four targets for 18 yards his biggest score was an 88-yard run where he w- looked to be untouched to me. Nobody touched yeah. him at all. Um, according to Next Gen Stats, it's the fastest run of 2019 at damn near 22 miles per hour. Which is not really surprising when you look at the actual play. Yeah. Like he just blew by everybody. He the, really the did. The safety took a poor angle, and then he was by him in just in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's faster. I put a little note here. That's faster than those scooters that are all over Denver. <laughs> <laughs> so you could get on one of those top scooters. Speed. Yeah. I think the top speed's like 15 miles per hour. So you could get on one of those, ride it down the street, and Nick Chubb could outrun you. Most of these guys could outrun you, he's I guess. A, he's a bad man. Yeah. I think the Browns need to ride nip, ride the Nick Chubb train. <laughs> With how Mayfield's been going, I mean, just Odell for me didn't do anything this week. Mm-hmm. If they can run the ball like that, yeah, that's going to help out a yeah. ton. Um, my loser for the week, former Broncos great Case Keenum. <laughs> 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 Couldn't get through that without laughing. Um, so poor Case, you now he feels the r- rookie... QB behind him, you yeah. know, breathing down his back. Mm-hmm. He goes to play the Giants, went six for 11 with just 37 yards and a pick against a Giants secondary that really isn't anything special and has been abused a couple of times this yeah. season. He got benched for Dwayne Haskins, who frankly also wasn't very good, yeah. but still. Uh, the seemed like Keenan was killed by in- inaccuracy. He could have kept his job if he had just done well against a team mm-hmm. that's not very good, yeah. but he couldn't do it. Uh, instead he just put up a flop 
it seems like it's still up in the air if, if who's going to start week yeah. five, but they're playing New England. Oh, gosh. And if he does start week five, it's not going to get any better. It's not. They do have Colt McCoy still, right, on their roster? That's yeah. The and the There's word been a decent is backup Colt McCoy yeah. may get a look as the starting QB as well. I, yeah. It hasn't been decided yet. <laughs> but poor Case Keenum, his starting role yeah. is likely very near an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, my loser of the week. Juju Smith-Schuster. There were a lot of losers to choose from this week, I feel like. (laughs) I almost went with uh, DeAndre Hopkins here because he's been struggling the last three games. But I changed my mind because I feel like things will get better in the next couple weeks for Nuke. Juju, however, doesn't seem to have any connection with Mason Rudolph. And I'm not sure if the Steelers will stick with the game plan they had against the Bengals Monday night with getting the running backs more involved. But if they do... Juju loses even more. He only caught three passes for 15 yards in that game. They barely took any shots downfield, and the one long pass went to Deontay Johnson, who I'd never even heard of before. I hadn't either, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) And now he's a top waiver wire ad of the week. Yeah, speaking of waiver wire ads and notable injuries, we're going to get into week five a little bit here and give you some updates on some players. Uh, starting with Devontae Adams, a wide receiver for the Packers. Turf toe. He's listed as questionable. He did some jogging on Thursday. Uh, stay tuned for an update there. Most of the players here that we're going to talk about, it seems like Friday will be the day that, mm-hmm. you know, their full uh, availability and diagnosis will come through. We are recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So. Some of these guys still up in the air. Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver for Cleveland, that's also up in the air. He's in concussion protocol. He's listed as questionable. Josh Allen is also uh, in concussion protocol, questionable, after he took a massive hit Mm -hmm. in the Patriots game. Yeah. I was really, I saw that happen, and I just glanced at it, and I saw that hit to the head, and I was like, was that the quarterback? <laughs> because that's like <laughs> not something you do to the quarterbacks generally. No, but. not normally. Um, more concussion. TJ Hawkinson, who you had on your roster, shoulder injury, concussion. The Lions have a bye this week. Uh, it's been reported he'll avoid the IR. I had to drop him and pick up Jimmy Graham. <laughs> so my tight end situation, I'm clearly ecstatic about. <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you there. Uh, Mental Trubisky got injured this week, dislocated shoulder and a slight labral tear. This happened to his non-throwing shoulder. He is listed as doubtful. It's more likely that he'll play again week seven after Chicago's bye. Two things about this. I am not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. However, the injury looked kind of gross. Yeah. And how do you come back in a couple weeks from that? It's not his throwing shoulder. It's not, which I think is the only reason. Because if it were his throwing shoulder, it would be... Much longer. I'm just flabbergasted that it's only going to take two and a half weeks or I know whatever you're very it is disappointed to, to get about healed. That. <laughs> well, the other part, <laughs> Chase Daniel, Missouri. <clears throat> I am a Mizzou alum. The fact that Chase Daniel is out there playing football and is going to start this <laughs> week just warms my heart. And I hope he throws for five million touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Love Chase Daniel. <laughs> More injuries. Moving on from my man crush on Chase Daniel. (laughs) Marlon Mack on the Colts. He is questionable. He has an ankle injury. Uh, Stay tuned for that. He remains sidelined. 
on, for practice on Thursday. Christian Kirk is very likely out. Coach Cliff Kingsbury says that we probably won't see him until week six. He has an ankle injury as well. James Conner, the aforementioned mm -hmm. James Conner, uh, remained out Thursday. Looks doubtful now. Wouldn't surprise me if he still played. I hope he does. You're going to need him? <laughs> Probably. And then a couple guys who are out for the year now, well, I guess not for the year in John Ross's case, John Ross, clavicle placed on IR. He will be out for eight weeks. And when he comes back, he'll likely be behind AJ Green and Tyler Boyd on mm -hmm. the depth chart. Maybe not a whole lot of a reason to hang on to him. Yeah. And then Steven Gostkowski, the kicker for the Patriots, longtime guy there, season-ending hip surgery, Mike Nugent, mm -hmm. your new kicker in New England. Yep. Um, also developing this week, a situation with Stefan Diggs. He missed practice on Wednesday. It appears he did practice on Thursday. He says he hasn't formally asked for a trade, but is clearly dissatisfied in Minnesota. He will play Sunday, so keep an eye on this. Yeah, the situation's ongoing. Um, on ESPN, I believe his quote was that all rumors are true, but mm. then one of the rumors is that <laughs> he requested a trade, but he said he didn't request a trade. Yeah. So, so make really of knows? that yeah, make <laughs> of that what you will. Um, more injury updates for this week. Kyla's Cowboys, Michael Gallup, had surgery on September 17th mm -hmm. to trim the meniscus in his left knee. He hasn't done much at practice, but the word is he's going to play. That's exciting. Is your heart very warm by it this? It is, because we definitely are missing him more than I anticipated that we would. So I will be glad when he comes back. That's true. Um, update on T.Y. Hilton. He remained limited on Thursday, but did return to practice. There's a good shot that he plays. Deshaun Jackson, no practice Thursday. He's trending toward missing another week. Um, lucky for Elias, Damian Will Williams, I almost said Wilson, Damian Williams has returned to practice Wednesday. When Love he comes Damian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back, Damian Shady are likely to split carries as they're currently doing in Kansas City right now. Right. The other D, D Williams, Daryl Williams, uh, will likely be sent back to third string. What can you say? Yeah. It's it's a kind of a confusing situation. You never quite know who's going to get more carries than the other one. Yeah. We've talked at length on this show about Damian Williams. <laughs> I really hope that he would do better this season, and obviously the injury hasn't helped. Yeah. But. Shady's still going to be the main guy in there, I think. <laughs> I know. I know what you think, and I'm still holding out. Hope that it's Damien Williams. Would really like to put him in the starting lineup again. Carlos Hyde in the starting lineup has been truly disappointing since I picked him up. That's been rough. Tyree Kill, speaking of the Chiefs, he returned to practice. He is likely still doubtful for week five, but his return is imminent. And Devin Singletary, to round up the injuries for the Bills, he was limited in practice on Thursday. He is on track to play. And not as an we injury, talked but about, some exciting news. Some exciting news. Vontez Perfect has been suspended for the year after yeah. delivering a helmet to helmet hit on Jack Doyle yeah. of the Colts. That made me go back and watch some other hits that he has delivered to people. And that one on Antonio Brown a few years ago. It was brutal. That was. That was awful. I remember hearing about that when that happened, but I never really like looked at it, I guess, back then. 
Because he's out before he hits the ground. Yeah. You can just tell by the way he falls that he's already unconscious. Yeah. And, you know, some of these situations, it would seem like a ban for the entire season would be way too much. But with him, it seems appropriate. Yeah. And I kind of, I He's been I suspended several times already for the same How thing. How many times until you learn your lesson, right. so to speak. Uh, so I liked it. If you're in a fantasy league where you have defensive players, there are some out there. If if perfect is your guy, find another one. And if perfect was your guy, it seems like you probably could have found a better defender, depending yeah. on how many de- defensive guys you have on your team. But Definitely. still, he is out for the season. Yep. So moving into the waiver wire ads now, Daryl Williams. We posted these on uh, social media, by the way. We post them on Tuesdays. Um. So if you follow us, then you already know who we thought the top waiver wire ads of the week were. Daryl Williams, Ronald Jones is a repeat. I picked him up last week, and I think that's going to pay off for me eventually. He got 20 carries this week, I think. Uh, Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling both um, will probably be pretty valuable if Devontae Adams misses especially. Mm -hmm. Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback for the Colts, who I'm going to talk about a little bit here coming up was also on our list. Jalen Samuels, the RB for Pittsburgh, if James Conner can't go. Mohamed Sanu, receiver in Atlanta. Cole Beasley, receiver in Buffalo. Deontay Johnson, we now know who he is. Uh And he could be a valuable pickup in Pittsburgh. And again, just like last week, Golden Tate, if he's still available in your league with Danny Dimes throwing the ball, Mm -hmm. he could be pretty valuable pickup, maybe a flex option in your receiver spot. Yeah, just a quick thought on Jalen Samuels. I think even if James Conner does play, if they stick to the game plan that they had on Monday, he could have some flex value anyway. So, Yeah, in, in the Wildcat formation too. Yeah. Yeah, he had like 30 passing yards in that game too. So Probably the most surprising part of the week. <laughs> yeah. All right, week five officially. We're going to go through our good and bad matchups for the week. My first good matchup of the week is Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. receiver for the Bears. This is me kind of speaking with my heart as much as my head here. Chase Daniel looked really good, <laughs> at least at the very least adequate last week. Robinson finished with seven catches for 77 yards. He has 24 catches through four games despite facing some good defenses and Trubisky struggling. Yeah, He hasn't caught a TD yet. I'm going to predict that that changes you this week. You think Chase Daniel's going to throw him a TD? I do. I think he's going <laughs> to throw him a touchdown. They are playing the Raiders, and they are in London, which, you know, maybe Europe. Allen Robinson catches touchdowns in Europe, maybe. Maybe. When he was on the Jaguars, the Jaguars were always awesome in London. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it, but I'm just throwing things out there. Yeah. The Raiders' defense has been up and down, but overall, receivers have fared well against that secondary. Robinson is only projected 10.67 in our league. I think he tops that. And uh, speaking of Oakland, they have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to receivers so far this season. I'm liking Robinson. Yeah, it looks like they've given up at least one touchdown to a wide receiver in every game that they've played, so... The chances are good. Chances are good. As long as Chase Come Daniel Chase. doesn't suck. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> uh, my first matchup that I like this week is Alshon Jeffrey versus the Jets. Um, 
They are currently allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. He's gotten the most targets, which is nine, and or he did get the most targets, which was nine, in week four. And with Deshaun Jackson's chances of playing not looking great this week, I'd bet he's in for a lot of volume again. Uh, the Jets are allowing an average of 266 passing yards per game. They've given up big fantasy days to John Brown and Odell Beckham, which I think is probably the only big day Odell Beckham has had this season. It, it is one of four games. <laughs> um, and Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett, and Josh Gordon all had solid games against them. So if you've got a, guys on a bye this week or hurting with injuries like mm-hmm. we are, Jeffrey could be a good plug-and-play option for you this week. Speaking of our, our pickups, Jacoby Brissett is my other good matchup of the week. The Colts are going to play at Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. Despite the Colts not playing well last Sunday, Brissett still threw for 265 yards and three touchdowns. He's the only quarterback in the NFL so far this year to have m- multiple TD passes each week of the year. Wow. Uh, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, I would expect Brissett to utilize his tight ends more. Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, they've been pretty much non-existent mm-hmm. for their team so far. But if T.Y. Hilton can't play, it'll be all men on deck. The Colts will be losing. They will likely need Jacoby to throw the ball downfield. I'm yeah. hoping for a lot of yards. If you have a quarterback on a bye or a quarterback problem, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Just keep him in mind. Yeah. Who who did you say they're playing? Chiefs. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, my next guy is Curtis Samuel at Jacksonville. And Curtis Samuel isn't really someone we've mentioned at all on this podcast up to this point. None of the Panthers outside of Christian McCaffrey have been on my radar. Uh, but again, he could be a good flex play this week if you're missing some of your starters. With Kyle Allen under center, he's been the wide receiver one over the last two weeks in terms of target share, with seven each week, compared to DJ Moore's seven total in that time frame. Jacksonville has given up the eighth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season, with some of those being Sammy Watkins' monster week one performance and 21 and 15 points to Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders last week. So, good matchup. And it seems like Allen is throwing the ball a lot better than Cam Newton did. So <laughs> that makes me happy. Yeah, re- receivers with them seem to be a little more valuable at this point anyway. Yeah. Um, so a couple of guys that we're not looking forward to watching this week. Mm-hmm. Avoid at all costs if you can. Yeah. Daniel Jones against the Vikings. For two weeks, the hype around Danny Dimes has been pretty high. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to dissipate a bit, though, for the next two weeks. The Giants will host the Vikings and then will play New England. Yeah. Jones was just 23 for 31 against Washington for 225 yards and a touchdown this past Sunday. He threw two picks as well. He was stellar the week before against Tampa Bay. His scrambling ability gives him some upside in any matchup and can possibly mask any follies in the passing game. I had still benched the Phenom for at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Once those two weeks are up, he gets the Arizona Cardinals after that. A chance for redemption in the desert, if you will. Yeah. But it, at the very least, Everyone until then. Everyone can redeem themselves against the Cardinals. Yeah, but until then, do not play Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, a guy I really, who has a really hard matchup this week, Josh Jacobs. They're playing Chicago. 
Chicago is a brutal matchup for running backs, at least so far this season. Even Dalvin Cook, my friend and pal, Dalvin Cook. Friend of the podcast, Dalvin (laughs) Cook. Struggled to get going last week and never really did. His 16 half PPR points are the most achieved by any running back facing that defense, and I think he's the only one to score a rushing touchdown against them. Josh Jacobs has already been on the struggle bus and hasn't reached the end zone since week one against Denver, which... He looked pretty good week one, but so did the Raiders in general. Mm, Well, yeah. I don't think that speaks to how the Raiders are, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, the Broncos are on four, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, Chicago is giving up an average of 61 and a half yards per game on the ground and have allowed only one rushing touchdown this season. If the Raiders get Jacob more involved in the passing game, he may have a little more success, but he only had two targets in last week's game, which is not a lot. Not what you're hoping for. (laughs) No, I would avoid him this week if possible. So my other guy is Nick Chubb. Bear with me here. My winner of the week. They are playing the 49ers. Chubb at this point is a must play guy. Mm -hmm. You can't sit him. But just some things to consider. I'm just willing to bet that he doesn't have as good of a week this week. Well, yeah. Uh, Through three games this year, San Francisco has not allowed a receiving or rushing touchdown to an RB. And no RB has run for more than 75 yards. Mm -hmm. That includes... The RB tandem in Tampa Bay, that includes your friend James Conner mm-hmm. and Joe Mixon. Chubb is projected 17.19 points in our league. All I'm stressing is to temper your expectations. Yeah, I don't know He's that he'll not, get 17. 30 is not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet 20 doesn't happen again. Yeah, I'm willing to bet he does not get to his projected. The 49ers are, are playing well up front. You still got to play him. Yeah. But just, you know, it's on Monday night. Yeah. And if you're going into the Monday night game needing 25 <laughs> points, I think you're going down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I We were kind of talking about this earlier. How Last week we talked about how the Bengals, when they're good, it's really confusing. Well, the 49ers kind of being good this year is kind of confusing to me. <laughs> Which, you know, for the previous generation of football fans, the 49ers from... 80 to 2000 Mm -hmm. for the most part we're at the very least competitive every year if not the best team Mm -hmm. and then in our generation more often than not it seems like the 49ers have been subpar yeah some good years there with Harbaugh but well then last year too where there was a lot of hype with you know Jimmy Garoppolo going there and then he got injured and their season kind of went down the tubes so I mean it would make sense that with him back this year that they would still be pretty good yeah, and their their defense has clearly improved. The mm-hmm. secondary last season was terrible. Historically, yeah. one of the worst secondaries in terms of turnovers caused yeah. in that in, in NFL history. Oh. And, and they're they're three and zero and could be four and zero here real quick. Yeah. Um, my last one um, for a bad matchup. We'll kind of bleed into our game of the week too. That we picked the Broncos and Chargers as our game of the week. Um, I picked. Philip Rivers, who I mentioned I am trying to trade for, <laughs> but um, maybe not necessarily to play him this week because this is not a good matchup against Denver. In a previous week, I remember recommending to sit Aaron Rodgers against Denver, and that turned out to be a pretty good 
advice because he only scored 15 points that week against the Denver defense. Last week, Denver finally got to the quarterback for the first time and got five sacks, so their pass rush is getting better. About time. Yeah. Should have got more. (laughs) Five is pretty good. Gardner Minshew was back there dancing around and throwing (laughs) touchdowns when he should have been tackled three times already. Yeah. Man, that game was just... (laughs) killed me um denver's defense is fifth in the nfl against the pass allowing an average of 200 yards per game and they've only allowed four touchdowns through the air through the first four games denver is worse against the run allowing an average of 149 yards per game so with melvin gordon coming back i think the chargers will try to run on the broncos as much as possible and rivers will have a down day yeah, and that, that does bleed into our, our game of the week is Broncos at Chargers. Bradley Chubb, speaking of mm-hmm. the Broncos trying to get sacks, he's out for the year with an ACL tear. It's really unfortunate. Fairly devastating for the Broncos up front. Yeah. As you just mentioned, I I agree. I see LA trying to attack them on the ground. Gordon is finally back. It seems like he'll get plenty of carries. Austin Eckler will get plenty of carries. Mm-hmm. They were abs. The Broncos were absolutely torched by Fournette, yeah, on the ground on Sunday to the <laughs> tune of 225 yards rushing. Jeez. Uh, and another thing, you were talking about Phil Rivers. Uh, for all of you Keenan Allen owners out there, here's what the perceived number one guy has done against Denver in the first four weeks: 21 points, then six, seven and six wow chris harris does a great job of covering the top guy he's been one of the premier corners in the nfl for a long time now tyrell williams in week one for oakland uh got loose a little bit caught a touchdown but mainly against denver if anybody does do anything through the air it's the two and the three receiver Mm -hmm. keenan allen another guy just like nick chubb who you have to start he's a star in the in the league yeah but he probably won't have it's great of a game this week. Yeah. I. This is a divisional game, so you never really know how these things are going to go. I feel like it doesn't right. matter what the records are. It doesn't matter how good on paper each team is. They really could go either way. I'm not going to say that Denver is going to come out with a win this week because I've done that for two weeks, and they made me look stupid. <laughs> so I do think they'll put up a good fight. But for whatever reason, they just – don't know how to close the game so hopefully they'll figure it out this week no they they don't know how i just hope they keep up they've been mediocre in every aspect yeah. of the on each side of the ball all phases yeah so far um i hope that they can try to run the ball and mm-hmm. keep the chargers offense off the field yeah the denver broncos in franchise history have never started the year 0 and 5 yeah well, hopefully they won't. Never again. started the year 0-5, <laughs> ever. Hopefully that stays and a statistic. we're going to need them to keep trying to not go 0-5. <laughs> yeah, I really hope they can pull it out. I don't know. The Chargers rank third in passing offense, but like you said, Chris Harris is kind of the guy, so a great corner but like you said it's a divisional game a lot of these games even when Peyton Manning was the quarterback the Broncos would be you know averaging however many points each week and they would be rolling and they would play the Chargers and it would be like a 17 to 13 game yeah so divisional games always up for grabs a little bit predict yeah 
and I believe the Broncos actually won at at LA last year. Yeah, I think they did too. So, but then LA they won in again. Denver last year to close <laughs> <Yeah>. the season. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> I just need the Broncos to get in the win column. I mean, just cut us a break here. So uh, moving on to our starting lineups yeah. for Week Six. Yeah, I um. As bad as I hate to, I think I'm going to go with Jared Goff. He's the only quarterback on my roster. And at this point, like I said, Andy Dalton is the only other option. And I don't think I can do it. <laughs> I, just, <Yeah. laughs> I just don't trust him. Like, I don't know. I know he has big games. If you're brave enough to do it, more power to you. I just don't think I can do it. I'm hoping for... Uh, Jared Goff is projected for 22.29 points. I'm hoping for 20. I, I, I'll be satisfied if he gets 20. Uh, my I feel like you can probably get there. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, my receivers, I'm starting Chris Godwin this week. <laughs> I lied last week when I said I was going to ride out Brandon Cooks and Tyler Lockett. Um, I've changed my mind. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Godwin's in there, huh? Godwin is there to stay, at least for the foreseeable future. Tyler Lockett is my other guy. Dalvin Cook, of course, my RB1. Currently, I have James Conner in my RB2, but as you said today, which I hadn't seen once I got here, that um, he actually seems doubtful for the week. If that's the case, then I will probably put LaShawn McCoy in there. I also have Ronald Jones I could put you, in there. You love Shady. I feel like you have to play Shady at that point. I do love Shady, and they have a good matchup against Indianapolis. But I also have Ronald Jones, who does not have a good matchup against New Orleans. Um, so I'd probably go with Shady there. I am taking a risk with my tight end this week. I dropped Delaney Walker not only because of the 0.9 points that he got last week, but also because he was listed as questionable. Um, I picked up Tyler Eifert. Is it Eifert or Eifert? It's Tyler Eifert. Eifert, that's what I thought. And you're going to need a miracle for Tyler Eifert <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> but the tight end position is just desolate. It is so bad. And everyone, again, it's another thing. Everyone in our league has two tight ends on their roster and I don't have any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I Tyler Eifer is playing Arizona. I'm looking now. He's only being started in 13% of leagues right now, but Yahoo leagues at least. Arizona is so bad against the tight end. And with John Ross out, I feel like he's got to catch a touchdown, right? Like Arizona has given up at least one touchdown to a tight end every week. If I say right, will that make you happy? It will. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> right, right, right. It's a with the Cardinals secondary. Yeah, it's a good play, especially with the way the tight end market is. There's not a lot of guys to pick up. You know, I just told you I picked up Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and he's only had one good game. Yeah. So, it's just the way the way that position's going right now. I originally, I don't know if you noticed, but I picked up Dawson Knox to start with, who was mm -hmm. a tight end at Buffalo, and then I regretted it and I dropped him. <laughs> Pretty much a one-week wonder there, too. Yeah. Um, in my flex, I have Aaron Jones, but that pains me because he's playing Dallas, so I'm trying not to play with my heart right now, although Dallas is tough on running backs. Um, on my bench still, injuries have plagued me a little. Michael Gallup, Deshaun Jackson, who Michael Gallup may be back this week. 
DJ Chark, Brandon Cook's also on my bench because I don't want to have three people who are playing in the Thursday game and my starting lineup because I just, mm, all right. I'm superstitious. I don't know if it's just me. <laughs> I don't know if there's evidence to support this, but I feel like people who play in the Thursday game just suck. And I already have Jared Goff in that game, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've reached your quota. Yeah. And um, Tyler Lockett, too, but I think he'll, he, I think he'll be okay. Oh, sorry. I'm not done yet. I picked up a new kicker this week. Oh. I do not have Brett Maher anymore because, as I previously said, I well, I did say that they were so good they're not kicking field goals. But that seems to be either that or the exact opposite. They're only scoring 10 points. So he only got four points last week. But uh, the San Francisco kicker is was available, so I picked good him up. Good as gold. Yeah. Robbie like Gold. It. And then I picked up Tennessee's defense against Buffalo. So for my lineup, I'll just start at the defense since we were just talking about that. I dropped the Colts. No surprise there. After they disappointed me last week, picked up New Orleans. They're playing Tampa Bay. Uh, I have the Chiefs kicker, Harrison Bucker. You picked up New Orleans and they're playing Tampa Bay, who just scored 55 points? You know that Tampa Bay is not going to do that every week, and they're, they're just as likely to turn the ball over four times as they are to do what they did against the Rams. That That's was one true. of the more confusing outcomes, I think, of the year. That is true. That's fair. Jameis will throw a couple picks. They're in the dome. <laughs> he will. He'll but, probably get you know, sacked a couple times. But, you know, I thought the Raiders were going to do poorly against, or against Indianapolis, too. Well, so. the New Orleans defense, I mean, if they can do what they did against Dallas's offense, I feel like they can do a good job against Tampa and, Bay. And that's what I'm thinking yeah. as well. Lamar Jackson in the QB spot, and then Odell and Mike Evans in my wide receiver spots, Mark Ingram, and unfortunately Carlos Hyde <laughs> starting as my RBs, Jimmy Graham, and then Cooper Cup is in my flex, Vance McDonald, I still have him on the bench. He's questionable. Even if he wasn't, I'm not sure I'd want to play him. Saquon will be out again. And then Damian Williams, Marquise Brown, Matt Ryan, and Golden Tate all on my bench. As for the receivers, I think I'm set there. My three guys in Cup mm -hmm. and Odell and Evans, I have to start those guys. But the RB position right now, I'm really, really tempted to put Damien Williams in instead of Carlos Hyde. I was going to ask you if he plays, are you going to play him? I might have to, but... I think it I think it should. That's going to be like a Sunday morning thing. Yeah. If I can finally persuade myself to do it, if it <laughs> says that Damien Williams is a full go, then I'm going to go for it. Yeah. So I think that will do us for this week. Yep. Enjoy week five. Don't forget to keep updated on your injuries, on your roster in that, tomorrow and Saturday. We'll continue to post our top selections for the waiver wire on Tuesday, so be sure to check that out on Instagram and Twitter. We can be found on those platforms at at BTBW Podcast. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And don't forget to subscribe and review the show. So long for now, and we will see you next time. Good luck. Be on the bandwagon. Bye.